This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. And this is why the gifts die out, um, is because all of these pagans come into the church, and the church is like the biggest company. It's the Walmart um, of the you know Middle Ages, where everybody wants to work for it. And hmm. then heresies coming in, and all of these pagans, now it's cool to be in the church. These pagans still practicing pagan stuff, and the church is like, stop praying for people. Like, we want the average Joe in seats to stop praying for people. I've never heard this. You're watching The Remnant Radio, a theology podcast where we talk about theology, history, and the gifts of the Spirit. For the next couple of weeks, we're going to teach you apologetically how to reach those in the occult, Satanism, and witchcraft. We're calling this series Spooky Evangelism. We hope you enjoy. We've got an exciting episode for you today. We're doing part two of the the history of magic with Elijah Stevens. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about magic being this uh, kind of metaphysical, trying to control the universe, not doing it in relationship with God. And we're kind of picking up right where we left off in our last episode. So what do we have to look forward to in this program? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, well, what happens after the early church becomes Christendom and they're running... Uh, you know, the Roman Empire, how are they dealing with magic? And then what happens when the Renaissance comes and the Enlightenment and how the church and the occult react to the scientific revolution and all of this stuff so that we have an understanding of where our culture is right now in history. Because we are the product of all of these events and there's little strands that of ideas that float in our culture and we don't even realize it. I mean, you just mentioned about 1,500 years worth of history there. Sure. We're going to cover all of that. All and, of it. Okay, that's impressive. Well, where should we start? Roman Empire? Um, yeah. So, right after the Christians get in charge of the Roman Empire um, and they're, for better part, running stuff, um, we start asking questions about magic in the Middle Ages. And the question is this, what do we do with this space that is not necessarily partnering with a God and it's not necessarily um, channeling some type of energy, natural magic. And so, you know, do inscriptions on diamonds somehow give them new properties? Um, does alchemy work? Yeah, I was thinking alchemy when you said that, yeah. Yeah, and as much as we look back and we go, oh, those people were crazy for thinking you could transmute gold. We did it. Yeah. Nuclear reactors can make gold. Cost way more money than it's worth. Uh, we made diamonds, cubic zirconiums. Um, and so that uh, starts happening, and then people start – Uh, as they're asking these questions, they're going, how do I tell this boundary between magic and prayer? 
So, you know, you'll see in Aquinas where he's like, you can write um, inscriptions on crosses, but if you're doing it on certain days or times of the month, you're trying to practice magic. And so we see Christianity replacing a lot of uh, magic practices. People used to wear amulets to ward off demons. They started wearing crosses. Um, and so it, it's this change in culture of how do we do this as a government toward the glory of God? Okay, hold on a second. I mean, that's that's just so foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, Aquinas was literally telling them what days they could and could not. He was saying don't do it on certain days because then you are practicing magic. Because on in, in that culture, those days were assigned to certain well, magic practices? Well, or It's more of the heart. So if your heart is, if I write this prayer on my cross um, on a certain day, that it will have more power then you've went into magical thinking at that point. Gotcha, gotcha. So it, it would be the equivalent of going into a marketplace, food offered up to idols. Like I am practicing what they're practicing by doing it on this day. It's assumed by other people. Is it like a, uh, does it, you know, uh, offend their conscience or is it, hey, you're doing this on this day, therefore it is magic. What was the uh, connection? That, that was the, the, the connection is, and this is why the gifts, and this is why the gifts die out, um, is because all of these pagans come into the church, and the church is like the biggest company. It's the Walmart um, of the you know Middle Ages, where everybody wants to work for it, and hmm. then heresies coming in, and all of these now it's cool to be in the church. These pagans still practicing pagan stuff, and the church is like, stop praying for people. Like we want the average Joe in seats to stop praying I've, for I've people. I've never heard this. So w the arguments I've heard in the past of the the sort of dying out or the failure to practice the gifts has largely been political. And that people were saying it was about power and they wanted the the papacy. The, the, yeah, the papacy or the the um, these are the professional Christians and the laity, mm -hmm. and the, that divide is a reason why the gifts ceased. But the reason the divide came in the first place is. Because There's, of the pagan, and they're practice. not converting, and so, um, and that would—that's what happens with yeah, forced religion, right? When you're forced to, right, to believe as opposed to, and, and the whole story of Western magic is what happens when you force magic out of your culture through government, and how much people hate you. <laughs> you Golly, know? yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I, on some level, I kind of like, I, I hate that we're actually cutting quite through over a thousand years of history going straight right. to the Renaissance because I'm sure there's a lot of like interesting stories and things mm -hmm. like that. So maybe we can come back to this at some point in time yeah. if you know more about it. But uh, tell us, how does the Renaissance actually play a part in, in uh, reincorporating occult practice, magic, mm -hmm. uh, those kind of things? How did it reinvigorate the, those things? The mystics were like, some of them, not all of them, obviously, but some of the, uh, the mystics were really interested in like divine geometry and things like right. that. And I could see that kind of tying into the inscriptions onto stones, changing the properties of those, those elements. Well, Alchemy. Yeah. yeah. Let's explain why the re Renaissance happens. So the church becomes legalized 380, and then we're the scribes of the entire Roman Empire. We're writing out, um, and we're keeping their literature, the Iliad, um, 
old old books, old magic books. We're just like, all right, we'll just do it so that we preserve history. That's always been a Christian value. Um, so we're preserving history. And then throughout the Middle Ages, people would read the books and they would just take little tidbits out of them and be like, all right, here's a better math formula. Here's a better way to do architecture. Um, and then what happens is the culture gets back into the Greco-Roman world. They a resurgent of, yeah, of, they of popularity of Greco-Roman. And they start reading magic books. And, and I want you to imagine this. Imagine you're in the Middle Ages and you look back in time and you're like, the Romans did it right. They they built better statues. They built better art. It's a it's a reworshipping of Babylon right. on some level. So it's like you're looking back to Babylon back. saying, let's go. We we look at ancient aliens and we see these like massive uh, you know, uh, uh pyramids, pyramids. <laughs> and, and we go, Oh wow, how do they build those? If there was something right. that emerged on how to build that, they'd also be reading all of the magic material that accompanied right. This, right. the building of those said periods, right? right? so there's this book uh, called the Hermetica, and it's this magic book, and there's this theology the church is trying to do at the time. The church is trying to do this. We want to connect all of Christianity through pagans who are preaching monotheism. And so well, they look at... You have to explain that to okay. me. Okay, so they're trying to make an apologetic for... Christianity to explain to pagans how their old sages, uh, Plato or Hermes, were actually people who believed in monotheism, and therefore it's old. Being old, a religion being old back then was super valuable, and so it's old. And it lended credibility your people on some level. Believed this, uh, and so the Christians are doing this as kind of a. You see this Apologetic. with Aquinas, yeah. right? Neoplatonism, I think sure, they call yeah. it. Okay. They're trying to bring in all the good stuff. Um, and there's some element of truth that Plato and Socrates mm -hmm. did kind of point to some kind of transcendent mm -hmm. monotheistic being of perfection. Yeah. So it's not an, an untrue claim where they're trying to force uh, a monotheistic label on the, the Greco-Romans as much as it is just sourcing very fine parts of material. That well, these were the influencers of that day. That's I mean, right. Plato yeah. and Aristotle and... Uh, the philosophers at that time. I mean, they, they very much mm -hmm. played a huge role in the Hellenis, Hellenization of uh, Judaism right. as well. But but Hermes and Hermetic magic become a thing where mm. people are trying to learn natural magic and stuff. And so there's this pull like define, to... Define that. What do you mean natural, natural magic? Natural magic is for us... He said it earlier, like this, the alchemy. Yeah, it's this space where you might be messing with the material world. Is this mechanical? Um, magnets. Like if you're back in the day and you see a magnet, you're like, what? Or people who can make rainbows. Like, are you doing magic? Or are you just having a prism? Um, and so, gotcha. so hermetic magic comes along and it's got these principles. Um, but it also comes with a worldview that there is one God, but God is nature. And um, you can't, everything's vibration and there's polarity. Monistic. It's monistic. It's, it's uh, also masculine, feminine energy. And this is how we shift stuff. And it starts getting into the church. Um, people start embracing this type of magic because, hey, we're not messing with demons. 
Um, and so there's this big debate in the Middle Ages about um, we doing, see that now in pop culture. We see it now in pop. So culture. all the movies from Marvel, you know, when in the Thor films, he's like. I'm not using, you call it magic, but it's just because you don't understand how technology works. I just understand these fundamental principles about the universe that you don't understand. Um, and so... And Doctor Strange, he doesn't call or summon energy from a demon. He pulls energy from another dimension. Right. It's naturalistic reading of something that... So throughout history, we'd say, hey, magic is this metaphysical world. This kind of portrayal of magic makes it very natural. Well, we can, where we can understand the mechanics in some it sense. It makes it very well. It that's feels more. It feels to. more like science. It's dancing on. It's proto science, but there is also like the remnants of magic, and it, so it's coming into the church. Mm -hmm. And so that is the issue of the day. That's the theological debate, um, and this is the culture. Um, the 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 scientific revolution pops up in um, is that people are trying to go. How can I tell if something's mechanical versus spiritual? And mm. so, out of alchemy, sort of parsing out right, those right, two right, things. There's also this religious side to all of this, where okay, I can change my soul just like I can change base metal to gold i can change people's souls through using these principles and it becomes a religion into itself mm. um and so i can see this creeping yeah. into the church all over yeah. i mean that makes total sense why that would happen yeah especially yeah. when purity becomes such a, a high value and how do you purify a soul yeah and then there's uh hermes actually in the Hermetica had uh, a picture of the earth or the sun with the earth going around it. And so it was somewhat of an inspiration for Copernicus. And so you see these Christian men, Copernicus, um, they're trying to do science, but they're also practicing magic. They're doing astrology. So Kepler's trying to learn that how the stars work and how the planets work so that he can write better horoscopes. G Galileo's the same. And there's not this just outright rejection by the church. Um, there, it, there's pockets who go, no, do not touch this. And then there's pockets who say, this is okay. Hmm. And so that is the tension. And we, you go well, back. Just, I mean, Ke we all know Kepler's name today. Yeah. There's a reason why. He created all kinds of mathematical yeah. formulas that, sure. and, and scientific theories that, that mm -hmm. we actually use today. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I mean, that that's very interesting. And, and where do you draw the line? Yeah, I was going to say the same question because you, you've come on the show in the past and talked about chiropractics yeah. and how the origins of that is seemingly magic related, demonic mm -hmm. related, or, or even astrology to astronomy. Like, you know, is there a stripping away of the magic so that you can just, okay, the, the magic guys were dancing a line between the metaphysical and the physical. So let's pull the metaphysical framework out of it. Just examine the physical and build our worldview off of that. It's because a, a natural science versus a mixture between magic mm -hmm. and natural, natural magic. science. Yeah, yeah it's, magic it's a very, and, and that line is kind of blurry. I mean, today it doesn't feel so blurry to us. Right. But you could see how in this world, when, no, I think when the sciences blurry. are sort of beginning, well, okay. Think about yoga. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I agree with you on that sense. But I mean, when you talk to your average physicist, Sure. There's I, not a, I see. I see. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. and we go to the universities, you don't see a lot of the blending, although more and more so today, I think you do. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep going. We, we've digressed. Well, this is interesting. So Newton's gravity 
is there's this invisible force that pulls the planets and holds them in line. That's wrong. Uh, you know, Einstein came up with a different theory of gravity where the space-time continuum holds the planets. More like a sheet. But, <laughs> so, but it was that Hermetica influence that the church is trying to wrestle with is we don't want magic. We want science. How do we deal with this? And so that's that's the season they're in. It's the waters they're swimming in as they're trying and to make sense of the universe. The neo-pagans are starting to rise up, and that leads to the witch hunts. That's the 1500s. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah. Yeah, you got to go there. Okay, so that, seems like, that seems like a huge leap, though, from um, the Renaissance to no, witch hunts. No, because the devil will take your soul to hell, and we don't want... Um, anything uh, that is pagan inside of our our culture. And oh, amen, so, absolutely. No, but he's. Well, I think what I'm he's saying, saying is like the, what the, happened. The, like, did, how, how did, did all of a sudden paganism become so um, revi- revitalized in the midst of them reading, trying to separate? They're reading magic books. So at the same time, the church. So the magic books are coming in. Pagans are embracing these things, sure. and the church is going. We got to parse these two things out, right? And that leads to. The witch hunts. That makes right. sense to me. Okay. I was saying, did the church get an answer? Did they squash? I mean, because the witch hunts. Their answer was the witch hunts. Part of it is the witch, witch hunts. Part of it is philosophy. Part of it is burning a few of these scientists who are really uh, getting into magic. Yeah, and the earth revolves around the sun, not the sun around the earth. A witch weighs the same as a duck. <laughs> right, um, but <laughs> so, if she floats, there's a lot of there's a lot of myths. Like the Copernicus thing, um, the Galileo thing about the Earth going around the sun, that was a problem. Not so much because of the hypothesis that was presented, is because they didn't go through the processes with the church and Galileo. If there's one jerk in history. <laughs> it's Galileo, and he's like calling the first out the, time I've ever heard anybody call Galileo jerk. That's uh, a, yeah. You read his biography sometimes. <laughs> like it, he's calling out the Pope. He's writing books about him, how he's the simpleton, um, and so that that's a part of it. But what happens with the witch hunts is people start going, "All right, magic's real, demons are real, therefore um, I'm sick." And if I'm sick, well, someone's doing magic. Let's go find the person doing magic and kill them. And so there would be trials in towns where, oh, did she look at me wrong? And like, this is crazy town where, you know, people are trying to force out um, magic culture through uh, legal means. Was, uh, is it fair to say though that there was magic, like that that was actually Sometimes. really the most popular in, books in America, from what I gather, are all werewolves, vampires, and magic sure. books. I mean, that, those were the most popular books in the early for- formation or early foundation of, of America. So, okay. and, and this plays into the colonization as well. That that okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Gosh, I, this is fascinating. Yeah. So this is what 
we're well, talking I, I, history here. We're not just really. Right. Like, I remember we had to give this little, you know, yeah. airbag of, okay, we're not studying the deep things of Satan here, are we? Yeah. No, no, not at all. We're really just studying history and yeah. it's, and, and those two overlaps and understanding, you know, how to read the, the Bible in its, co- its context, right. but then also understanding history's development and why these things are so evil. Right. And the church's overreaction on some right. level. And we killed 100,000 people Jeez during Louise. this time. 100,000. Yeah. So, like, if the, the, you're the church a pagan, did this. yeah, if you're a, a neo pagan and you're hearing about Christianity and people are like, yeah, come to my church, you got to realize you have to build bridges between, uh, you mean the Christians who. Wait, this killed, is like talking to a, a Jewish person. My family's yeah. all Jewish. So, talking to a Jewish person about Christ when you've got the Holocaust hanging in the right. backdrop and everybody, I mean, I was literally told this by, by my grandfather. Uh, what happened in the Holocaust, he described he was a liberator, liberated Book of Vault. And he literally says, this is the result of believing in one way to God. That's what he told me when I was a, mm-hmm. a young man. And so you're kind of saying this is the same thing in a sense, like you can't just approach a Jewish person and tell them about Jesus and expect that to be a palatable conversation. Right. In the same way, you can't approach a witch and talk about Jesus and expect that to be a palatable conversation. Right. right. For these reasons. Right. Um, go online sometime and look at catholic priest doing the nazi salute like oh my it, yeah that is burned in these people's minds is people doing trial by ordeal um you know if we what put else them in, yeah small rocks scones so like this is just a horrible horrible idea but the church is trying to work work out what do we do with the reality of satan and there's people who want to interact with the demonic. What we would call the demonic, they would call the old gods. Um, and so that is is a really tough time. And so after that, the uh, enlightenment occurs. And the enlightenment is everyone looking at the church going, you guys are idiots. Mm. Science um, gives us truth. Religion does not. Religion is superstition. And so... Golly. You can see how that... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like magic is superstition. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way we we treat it today in our secular society, Mm -hmm. even though it's being more and more embraced. So Sure. So our response to magic made us look like we were hunting for the boogeyman under... Oh, like we it, were it, not it, look but, like. Yeah. No, yeah, no, 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 it really was. But, 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 it, but it delegitimized the... And in can, doing so, it actually illegitimized it made Christianity us, it made us as the boogeyman. Foolish, as if we were we were looking for something everywhere that wasn't there. It, whereas historically, Christianity is looked at as this, 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 again, renaissance. There's this integrity. There's this back to the sources. There's this intellectualism with uh, Christianity. But then they are reducing their discernment to... Uh, you know, you looked at me wrong. You're a witch. Let's burn her. You know, like that's a wild jump. And it really makes sense why people would lose credibility with Christians because you, you think that that person's a witch because they weigh the same as a duck. I mean, this is a Monty Python reference. People keep watching this. It's really important that you know that these duck (laughs) jokes that keep coming up are Monty Python. You Uh, saw this, right? But, But this is what it does for magic at this time is magic switches from being evil to ignorance. And so, and Christianity enla- today is, is pure superstition. 
And so during the French Revolution, they're like, um, my dream is to see uh, the last king hung with the guts of the last priest. They were done. Whoa. Wait, that was an actual saying. Yeah. Um, And so because of what religion did to Europe after the uh, Protestant Reformation, there were years and years of war. Mm -hmm. We're done with the murder in Jesus name, folks. And so that is where Western culture rejects Christianity is we're just seen as ignorant bigots who, if we had our way, if we got our president, we would keep instituting like um, a theocracy and go back to the way things were before Rome. And so these biases, you may not feel that way. I may not feel that way. Um, are painted on us are in our culture yeah, yeah. so so uh, talk to us about colonization how okay. that affected okay and so, the syncretism let's go back so prior to the witch hunts prior to the reformation prior to the scientific revolution um copernicus or not copernicus columbus sailed to the indies and one of the false myths because I, I like to correct some myths as we go is that people back in the day thought the world was flat did not. There were two Christians in the entire history of Christianity till the 1930s that we have on record who said the world was flat. Two. Two. The rest thought it was round. And here's how you could tell it was round. When the earth passes between the sun and the moon at night, it cast a round shadow. Um, you can uh, look at boats, how answer. they go across the <laughs> ocean. Uh-oh. We're, we're Sorry, good. flat earth or our audience. We might no, be no. Listen, right, poking right. the bear on this one. percent is gone. Listen, round, it's still a plate. It's still a shadow as long as it's a round, but flat it's plate. But it's mean, not going um, to represent the flat Then it would be like this as you're going past it. it no, you don't understand. Line. The sun is like flashlight. Oh, oh God. I'm just, I, I've heard all these arguments. Um, so Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Columbus goes but to two, that's a big deal. what's called the West Indies, which is like the Caribbean islands and Florida area. And he's like, Hey man, there's a lot of money here. There's a lot of sugar cane. Um, and then the people start dying because they're infected with, um, disease from the smallpox blankets all over again. Well, Well, I mean, crazy dying, like 85% of the population. And so he goes back and he starts talking to people like we need a solution like there's slaves in africa and so they bring start bringing slaves in from africa who have immune systems different than the natives and that's how african slavery gets started but when that happens um they force christianize the people in haiti they force christianize the people in cuba um, but they're like, okay, we will be- we'll hear your Jesus story, but we're integrating in our West African beliefs, and so what you see is a syncretization. That's what voodoo, voodoo right? Oh, oh, San- you guys beat me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say the same thing. Santeria, uh, and so so that is how these things, which is why we still to this day see tons of syncretism all throughout, like parts of Louisiana, New Orleans, all throughout most of South America. I mean, it's just yeah, it's rampant. America, yeah. yeah. It, oh, gosh, this is fascinating. Keep going. Sorry. And so, so it's, it is forced 
colonization, I'm forcing upon you this religion. And they're saying, but I have this whole worldview, so I'll just integrate your forced religion into my existing worldview. Keep practicing the stuff that I am. Jesus can be a god. Sure. Um, And we can bathe in cow's blood. Like... There, this is the thing potato about potato. Potato I like potato. how you your, your voice gets kind of quiet when you say, and he can bathe in cow blood. <laughs> you know what? Let's go ahead and take that clip and put it at the beginning of the video. Right. So people know what to have to look forward to in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the, eventually Spain and, you know, the British Empire, they're going to conquer most of Africa. They're going to steal their resources in Jesus' name, and we're going to. This is just evil. This is yeah. this is what happens when Babylon comes to America. Right. And so, what if Christianity took on some of the values of Babylon because we became the empire? Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, that is the tension that is still a part of our culture today. Okay, talk to us about colonization. We finish up with the syncretization of pagan religions with Christianity. Yeah. And then where do you want to go from there? Um, so during the Enlightenment, there is this rejection of Christianity and at the same time, a blindness to some of our values, um, like slavery. We would say we believe all men are created equal by God. And at the same time, we own slaves. Um, and so this really makes many neo-pagans look at the church as just pure hypocrites. Um, as we fast forward. To be true. The, the, there, there, there's, there's, honest, it's yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. Ab- absolutely true. Um, and so as we fast forward in time, what happens is there's a new movement of people who go, you know what? These people who are all about rationality in the enlightenment. Everything is measured by the mind. We reject that. Um, We want to get back to nature and feeling. It's called the romantic movement. And they start um, having this conversation about what would it be like if all the white people got together and we started our own land and we were tied to our own historical narratives, our own historical gods. So we Cleveland. <laughs> we rejected <laughs> Germany. Yeah. Germany, right, right, right. Um, and so this becomes World War One, World War Two, And after this, there's this great question that rises up in Western culture is what caused World War Two? Like how do you take good men who are sitting at home you know, eating Jaeger schnitzel and drinking pints of beer one day and get them killing Jews in the streets the next. Well, it's not the next. And so what happens is psychology emerges. This is science. And they're asking a question about the problem of evil. Um, And the question is, how do we get there? And so they run some experiments in the 60s Um, One is the um, Milgram experiment, which is the electric shock experiment is they'd have a man and a Confederate, which is like a fake experimenter. And he would go into a room and the testing debunking. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause I, I want to get to, Oh man, I skipped something. 
but uh, we'll go come back to it. So there's this, they would do a test and um, they would say, you're teaching this man how to learn. And every time you get something wrong, give him a shock and then increase it, give him a shock. The next time increase it, give him a shock. And then the thing he was given a shock on had like, do not go above 300 volts or he will die. And so they would keep going up and they would get to 300 and the scientists would say, keep going. People would keep going and they'd keep going. And then the guy in the back would fake his own death um, and they would keep shocking. Uh, And so this is psychology going, well, maybe all the evil we see has a naturalistic explanation. And maybe these things where we see people acting like they're demonized are brain disorders or schizophrenia or disassociative identity disorder. And maybe this is where this myth of Christianity about demons is just not real. And this is, this is why we demythologize. Yeah. Yeah. And we demysticize. And we, we, we think that what we're doing is uh, actually removing what has always been fictitious from our current narrative. Right. So you got Nietzsche and Dostoevsky and these guys who are looking at a psychological mm-hmm. reading of the scriptures and they'll go, oh, there's this divine being that embodies morality and goodness mm-hmm. and truth. And you have these inner demons and they're going to categorize these as like mental illnesses, personal weaknesses, and they they psychologize all of the mythology yeah. of the scriptures. We, we, we skipped some steps because we haven't talked about the scientific revolution. We barely touched on the enlightenment and sure. all of this happens prior and right. and plays a part in where we're at today. Right. And so um, one of the sk- things we skipped is in the 1800s, late 1800s, 1900s, um, spiritualism becomes popular, which is I'll channel a demon, it'll talk through me or an old ancestor. And that becomes popular not from old magic books. Uh, like there's there's the still an occult that's there. So we have ran this myth in our Western culture that science comes along, enlightenment comes along, and the occult's done. And it's not. That's not true at all. What, what's happening is science interacts with the occult. And so there's these girls called the Fox Sisters. And um, what happens is they claim I, we were talking to a spirit and it would like knock several times. I hope that didn't like hurt you guys. You got you good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so... They called the mom in. The mom, she asked the spirit some questions, and sure enough, it knocks a few times. They start telling neighbors. Neighbors come in. They're like, this is fake. Someone's knocking, and they just could not figure it out. So there's this huge rise in of people going, all right, spiritualism's real for 40 years. And then... One of the Fox sisters right before she dies comes out and says, I, I was tapping with my toes. And so there's this big, big really debunking of the occult. Well, I mean, this, this happens. I mean, sure. Anybody who knows. David like, Blaine. You know, I, I was actually sure. thinking of Houdini. Okay, sure. So yeah. my, my grandfather was a professional magician. He actually performed at the Potsdam Conference in World War II. Like he did a ventriloquist act and all that stuff. But I mean, Houdini was huge into this spiritism. Sure. I mean, like he, he was, you know, world most famous magician, but he actually wanted to get a taste of the real thing. And he kept trying to contact a dead relative, necromancy, that kind of stuff. So yeah. keep going. Um, and so that's what's happening at this time. And so it forces the occult to have to have a reckoning with science. And so... A lot of 
many of the neo-pagans you find today um, highly embrace the scientific worldview. Um, most like Satanist would say we embrace science um, because they're, they care too about this boundary between pseudo-magic charlatanism and um, what is real magic. And so... so that, that, I mean, we had Putty Putnam on that kind of talked about quantum physics and how a lot of these groups are going to half quote quantum physicists you know with the the geez quantum entanglement some of these sure. different things uh, as a way to point look i'm i just believe in science but they're half quoting science in a way that scientists never would right um but there there's also this desire let's debunk the the pseudoscience yeah um and so and that's where we are in the West. Um, prayer studies, miracles are under the claims of science right now. And so we're all wrestling with, well, what role does science play in my religion? Mm-hmm. Um, and so going back to though, there's naturalistic explanations for spiritual things. Um, the church has had to wrestle with, well, how do we demonstrate that it's not all um, naturalistically explained. And so what we see in the church is, one, we see the, the Catholic church go, let's work through this epistemologically. So if anyone's ever recommended for an exorcism to a priest, they first have to get a medical exam. Why? To eliminate medical issues. Then a psychological exam. Why? To eliminate psychological issues, and at the so there's end, a recognition by the church that those two things are possibilities. Right. But then there's this third thing out here. There's this third thing out here, and my scientist friends may not agree with it. My naturalistic atheist friends may not agree with it. But hey, we're having to expand how many exorcists we have. We're setting goals to increase exorcism because. Magic in the West is no longer seen as evil. It's seen as maybe ignorance. Maybe I'm an atheist and maybe I'll try this stuff out. And to be very honest, I'm seeing this because of the podcast we've been doing, the number of emails I get, the number of, uh, I mean, people go to my website, they go to my church and they'll email trying to get a hold of me Mm -hmm. because I have stories of actually kicking out demons. Mm -hmm. I literally cannot keep up with it. And so I've got people from my church that I'm trying to train up, just say, please just take this off my plate. Sure. And not that I don't want to help people, but you guys are just as skilled at this as I am, if not even better. Mm-hmm. And so the Catholic church is experiencing a similar problem right. because this stuff is on the rise. And they're trying to do it with a scientific mindset where they go, let's have all of our exorcists first trained by a psychologist to teach them abnormal psychology so that they're not making the same mistakes and injuring. When, oh, when did this start in the Catholic Church? Wise. I don't know, man. That's okay. Okay, uh, we still got a lot more to discuss. And we're, yeah, we're I, I, I feel if there's one thing I could give every deliverance granny out there advice on is go take a class on abnormal psychology. Yeah, um, because you know God wants us to love Him with all of our mind. And give me a quick resource. So someone like myself who's... who's uh, I would just pick up abnormal psychology. I, I mean, there's no one really integrating these. And that's the problem is if you're in science sphere right now, there's so much They're not tribalism talking to each other. Yeah. against believing in there's the There's so demonic. much prejudice already against um, that way of Scott thinking. Scott Peck, 
this is an interesting thing. So he was a secular psychologist, I want to say the 80s, and he starts doing counseling with this couple. And he used to think, you know, all mental illness has a biological thing and, you know, anything that's wrong with people is, is a mental illness. And then he meets this couple and they bring their son in and their son's just gotten bad at school and they're like, can you fix him? Can you help him? He's super depressed and said, sure. And what happened to him was he starts talking to the family, talks to the kid. He asked the kid like, well, when did this happen? And when, when did he start going down this darker path? Oh, Christmas last year. Okay. And then the kid leaves and he starts talking to the family, getting to know them. Um, and then another session later, he gets to talk to the kid privately. And he said, did anything happen at Christmas uh, last year that led you down this path? He said, uh, my parents gave me a gun. And he said, uh, "Do you, is there any type of connection to that gun, to what's going on in your life? And he said, it was the gun my brother killed himself with. Oh my gosh. And for Scott, that's that first time he goes, this is evil. Like I don't have a category for this in uh, the DSM five or probably three at the time, but evil's real. And he starts Mm. encountering in sessions, the demonic. And that's what brings him to Jesus. Um, And so the West now has this blinder up where, don't go there. Well, this don't, is this is really interesting there. because it sounds like science and this mystic um, witchcraft have always been kissing cousins in that science is always looking to understand more about the unknown world that we don't quite explain can't quite explain. And magic is saying, well, we're we're trying to investigate that same space, but after yeah. but after evolution, after Scope's monkey trial, more in the West, we have distanced ourselves from the science. So it's as if the magic space goes, we're interested in science, so they can actually posture a kind of pseudo-intellectualism, whereas the West, we've often rejected the science because we think that it somehow undermines the Christian worldview. Yeah, and so that that's our tension. Um you know, we, we didn't cover this. Wow, let me let me put a caveat right. here because I think this would be helpful for our audience. For those of you who wonder about that divide between uh, this person is demonized versus this is a psychological issue or a psychosomatic issue, highly recommend you pick up John White uh, when the spirit comes in power. Oh, that's John Jack. White was a PhD. Yeah. He was the one who who sort of introduced Jack Deere to the gifts of the spirit, but he was known for psychology, psychiatry. Yeah, or. So, Take Remnant University because we talk about that. That's, yeah. right, that's right. Okay, so we, we probably need to wrap up this episode because we're getting close there. What, what would be a nice place to kind of land this plane? Um, we still is, have questions we need to ask too, so yeah. is, we'll have to do it later. This is complex. That's what you need to land on is that we are the products of a culture that's been wrestling with Christianity and the occult and science and the enlightenment, and it's really hard and so if you come at this with the naive view that i'll just go tell my pagan friend jesus is alive um you're going to bump into all of these historical things and you need to take a different approach yeah because they're gonna be 
as aware or more aware of these things than we are because we've mm-hmm. avoided them for so long and we need to know how to tiptoe around those landmines. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hope you enjoyed that episode of The Remnant Radio. If you want to support the channel, there are links in the description to do so, both on PayPal or Patreon. But if you really loved this video and you want to be notified when we come out with other videos on spooky evangelism, make sure to subscribe. If you would like to watch other videos on spooky evangelism, we'll drop the playlist right here. want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description, and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classroom. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.